the Lord is able. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. God's able. And we're thankful for the Lord and thankful for a great weekend celebrating our 16th anniversary and the Greens ministering. And just, man, it was just a great weekend. Just a great weekend. And we're just thankful for what God's doing. Uh, if you have your Bibles, Joshua chapter 7 tonight. Joshua 7. Uh, after service, um, anyone who is attending NAYC or if you are a parent of a child going to NAYC, um, right over here in this section where our college students are usually at, uh, if you can just head that direction for a quick meeting um, to go over some things, because that will be here before you know it. And so uh, Brother Steve and Sister Bianca want to make sure everybody's got everything in order, so if you would... Remember that, so when service is over, please, if you're going to NAYC, please head right to that section so that you can have a quick meeting. Amen? Amen. Joshua chapter 7, uh, starting at verse 1, said, But the children of Israel committed a trespass in the accursed thing for Achan, the son of Carmi, the son of Zabdi, the son of Zerah, of the tribe of Judah, took of the accursed thing, and the anger of the Lord was kindled against the children of Israel. They had just uh, finished the battle of Jericho, uh, with much of a battle, but uh, God just pulled the walls down, but this was after Jericho. And Joshua sent men from Jericho to Ai, which is beside Bethaven, on the east of Bethel, and spake unto them, saying, Go up and view the country, and the men went up to view Ai. And they returned to Joshua, said unto him, Let not all the people go up, but about two or three thousand men go up and smite Ai, and make not all the people labor thither, for they are but few. So there went up thither of the people about three thousand men, and they fled before the men of Ai. The men of Ai smote of them about thirty and six men, for they chased them from before the gate, even unto Shabaram, and smote them in the going down, wherefore the hearts of the people melted and became as water. And Joshua rent his clothes and fell to the earth upon his face before the ark of the Lord until the eventide he and the elders of Israel and put dust upon their heads. And Joshua said, Alas, O Lord God, wherefore hast thou at all brought this people over Jordan to deliver us in the hand of the Amorites to destroy us? Would to God we had been content and dwelt on the other side Jordan. O Lord, what shall I say when Israel turns their back before their enemies? For the Canaanites and all the inhabitants of the land shall hear of it, and shall environ us round, and cut off our name from the earth. And what will thou do unto thy great name? And the Lord said unto Joshua, Get thee up, wherefore liest thou thus upon thy face. Israel hath sinned, and they also transgressed my covenant which I commanded them, for they have even taken of the accursed thing, and have also stolen, dissembled also, and they have put it even among their own stuff. Therefore the children of Israel could not stand before their enemies, but turned their backs before their enemies because they were accursed. And neither will I be with you any more except you destroy the accursed thing from among you. That's a lot of reading for at one time, but uh, just want to preach for a little while tonight on this thought. We all fall down. We all fall down. Let's... Let's pray for the preaching of the word tonight and ask God to open our hearts to hear what he would say to us. Lord, we just love you and praise you in this house now. We thank you for your mercy so great, your goodness, your faithfulness to us. And 
God, open our ears to hear what you would say to us tonight to encourage us as we walk this road with you. Lord, help us tonight to hear it, to apply it, and be better by it. God, we just ask it in Jesus' name. And everyone said amen. Now give the Lord another hand clap and a shout for his word tonight. Ah, thank you, Lord. You can be seated. God bless you. And thank you again for being in Wednesday night service. And uh, we'll have the youth sanctuary back together after tomorrow. They had a little flooding over the weekend. And they've got big fans and things. And they're drying it out right now. So I thought it was good. But uh, they said there's things you can't see that still need to be done. And I thought, man, well, that'll preach, won't it? So you know, a preacher will get a message anywhere, it don't matter. But uh, we all fall down. That's something that happens to all of us. And when uh, you read this story, it's starting in, in chapter 7, but if you were to back up just one verse into the end of, of chapter 6, you would see where uh, it said that after they had destroyed Jericho and God was with Joshua and it said and Joshua's fame was known throughout the whole land I said you know sometimes even the famous fall it happens it, it comes to us it, it's not uh, the, you know the fall is what do you do when you fall how do, how do you uh, keep going what, what do you do do you surrender do you give up do you blame God what, what do you do when you fall because it's going to happen. And when we read uh, what happened here is they had just won the greatest probably military victory recorded in history up to that point. Uh, the walls of Jericho were pulled down and Israel triumphed over them. And, and so the fear of Israel was throughout the whole land. And they just a few little people in another little town of Ai and um, Israel had to turn and run from them. But it was it because it was God's fault? It was their own fault. It happens. And when Joshua fell, as many people do and as we may all do, uh, one thing that I've always tried to remember, when I make a mistake or if somebody makes a mistake and I'm counseling with them, I, I always want to say, I want you to look where you are in your life, in your walk, when you fail. Now, when Joshua and when this defeat happened and they did the wrong thing, they didn't blink and all of a sudden realize they were back on the other side of Jordan and God kicked them out of the promised land. When Joshua fell down on his face before God, he fell down with his face in the dust of the promised land. He was still in the promise that God had given him, but he fell. And you know, sometimes when uh, we're doing our best. We've been born again. We've been baptized in his name and filled with the spirit. We've been teaching Bible studies and preaching messages and going on mission trips and, and just funding revivals and doing all kind of great things for the kingdom. And we feel so good. It's like the fame is just everywhere. Everybody knows what you're doing, knows how good you're doing, especially on, since social media is out there. Everybody knows exactly what you're doing. They see every service, see everything you do, everything you post. And, man, you're just riding high on the victory of the Lord. And then all of a sudden you fall and find yourself flat down on your face. What do you do? Did he take the Holy Ghost from you when that happened? Listen, you were his child when you were running well, and you were his child when you fall. 
Whenever you trip and stumble and hit the ground, you still belong to him. But what will you do when you fall? There's some, some facts, you know, with falling. Falling is painful. Anybody fail lately? I don't want to tell any more of my stories of tripping and falling, but I have fallen. It hurts. It's embarrassing. What's the first thing you do whenever you fall? You look around and say, did anybody just see that? It's embarrassing. You don't want to, like, I can't even walk. I, I, I'm, it's, there's no rocks here, nothing. It's just flat ground. I fell. It's just, I just tripped on air and fell. Uh, it's discouraging because you're thinking, I should be able to walk. And sometimes it can be costly, especially if you break a bone and have to go to the hospital. It can be all four of those things. But what is never, when it comes to us serving God, it never has to be final. Falling does not have to be where you stay. You do not have to stay down and defeated and beat and hurt, humiliated, discouraged, you know, you don't have to stay down. God didn't intend for you to stay down. You know, we can't understand why it happened. Things were going so good. You know, Joshua, he was, he was concerned. What's people going to say? He said, God, what will I say uh, when Israel turns it back to the enemies? What, what's all the people in the land going to say when they know we just got defeated and, and after we just beat uh, Jericho and we were uh, so glad about it we were praising you and giving you the glory and we just got beat by this little bitty town and it looks bad it looks bad we worry about what it looks like how will people view my walk what will they think about my testimony now well if you stay down they'll think you'd ever had nothing if you quit they'll think it wasn't nothing to it it wasn't real they was just uh, trying something out it was, it, but there, there was no power in it but if you get up Come on, somebody. But if you'll just get up and say, you know what? There's one thing I realize that uh, God, he never promised me that I wouldn't fall. God never said, even when I get you into the promised land, that you wouldn't make he, he warned Israel. He said, there's going to be snares. There's going to be temptations. There's going to be trials. There's going to be dangers. Even in the land that I am giving to you, where I'm sending you, you still will have an enemy. You'll have things to fight and things to battle and things to be tempted with. And I'll never promise you that you won't fall, but I will tell you there is a provision for those that do fall. You can get up, get it right, and get going again. Falling doesn't have to be final. It doesn't have to be where you stay. It doesn't matter how good you were doing before. It's not about how good you were doing before. It's how good are you going to do now? Because, you know, it used to be you know, a default for us probably in the world is if, we, you know, if you mess something up, you just quit. It's like that in the world today. If things are not going right, people just quit. They quit the you know, they, they can quit school, they can quit jobs, they can quit relationships, they can just quit anything. They can just quit living if they want to. They can just do anything they want to do uh, to, to just not go on any further. But if you will listen to what God is saying, he'll put you back in a position that is, that is exact opposite of where you find yourself. Joshua was laying on his face. And I know we think, well, you know, Joshua fell down to, to pray and to seek God, but did he? Joshua fell down to complain. <laughs> he fell down and he started blaming God. 
This is your fault. You brought us in this land to be beat. You brought, why did you bring us in here so we could be destroyed by all these other people? And he's saying, if we, hadn't, if we weren't in here, if we had a state on the other side of Jordan, we wouldn't be facing this right now. But God never said you wouldn't be tried. He never said you wouldn't be tested. He never said you wouldn't fall flat. He just don't intend for you to stay right there. He said, uh, he, he was complaining, but, but I just, I want to talk to Joshua and go, Joshua, look where you are. You spied this land out over 40 years ago. And you wandered 40 years and God kept you strong so you could possess this land and bring his people in. And, and you think that he actually brought you in here to, to tease you with a big victory so you could be beat by somebody else. Joshua, you've got the dust of the promised land all over your face. Uh, you, you, and, and, and because he's whining and crying and ripping his clothes and throwing dust on his head, all the elders are doing it too. You know, it ain't just victory that's contagious. It's defeat sometimes that's contagious also. And so he's crying and whining. Oh, would to God we had just been content and stayed on the other side of Jordan. But I'll tell you, a bad day in the promise is better than any day without it. Come on now. I, I, I've, had some, I've had some hard days since I started serving the Lord, but I wouldn't trade any day for, for that time before I knew him. Hey, we all fall down. What we got to do is not give up. When After he, he complains and whines, the Lord comes back with an answer. Hey, Joshua, get up. And he says, wherefore liest thou thus upon thy face? Notice, why are you in this condition right now? Now, if you were on your face and you were praising me through the good times and the bad times, that's one thing. But you're not, Joshua. You're complaining about where you are. You're complaining about this defeat. And, and I didn't cause this loss. I am, I'm not to blame for what happened here Israel has sinned. Israel made the mistake, not me. And so I, I need to uh, tell you something here. When you fall, I'm not going to kick you out. I'm not going to put you back on the other side of the river. I'm just going to tell you, get up. Let's change your position. Let's get you as opposite as we can get you. That's what God was always telling Israel. In, in even in Deuteronomy, he said this in 28 and 13. The Lord will make you the head and not the tail. Well, you know, the head's at one end, the tail's at the other. They're opposite ends of the spectrum. God wants you as far away from the negative as you can be. And Joshua was on his face laying down, but he said, get up. Let's change where you are so you can see the perspective a little bit better. Let's, you can get a better perspective of, of what's going on here. And he said, because you can't do nothing laying face down in the dirt crying and whining. I heard somebody say one time that even though Jesus turned water into wine, he can't do anything with your whining. I know that's a dad joke from the pulpit, but I, it was a... But, you know, the Bible says to do all things without murmuring and complaining. And, 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 and uh, we need to realize sometimes that we're going to fall. We all fall down. But what do you do when you fall? So the Lord said, I'll make you the head, not the tail. I'll change your location. You'll be above only and not beneath. If you can hearken unto the commandments of the Lord thy God, which I command you this day and observe to do them. He said, if, you, if you're doing what's right, Joshua, there's no 
reason for you to be right here complaining right now. I told you you would be victorious as long as you did what I asked. If you lost, something must be wrong. So many times we, we want to turn it around on God. And they're like, well, it never was hard until I started serving the Lord. Oh, it was hard before you started serving God. But you just blended in with everybody else so you didn't notice it. But now that you are living for God and doing the things you want to do for Him, you've got to let Him change your position. The Bible says God has raised us up, Ephesians 2 and 6, together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. He, he's put us in a different place. In Psalm 40 and 2, He brought me up also out. He brought me up and He brought me out. He changed where I was. He got me out of a horrible pit. He got me out of miry clay, set my feet on a rock and then established my goings. He, he, he got me set up and then he gave me direction. Instead of leaving me bogged down and mired up in the, in the clay where I couldn't go anywhere, it was just a constant struggle trying to get out of here, but God brought me out. And we need to remember sometimes that he told the church of Ephesus in, in the book of Revelation, he said, you, you need to remember from where you fell from. And then repent and do the first words. Get back to doing what was working. Get back to what was right and everything's going to be fine. Peter said, you're called out of darkness into more darkness. He said, into his marvelous light. So you see, God does have a plan for you. Maybe Joshua, uh, in hard times we question, you know, God, what's the plan here? What's going on here? I, you know, everything was going smooth. Everything's going fine. And now it feels like everything's crumbling around me. Well, that's all right. Because if you know that you're doing what you're supposed to be doing, God's going to take care of it. For all things work together for good to them that love God. All of it does. It works for our blessing. It works for our glory. Our light affliction is just a moment down here. But the weight of glory that it brings, it can't be measured. So God, you listen, God does have a plan for you and for me. He has a place for you and me. He has a position that we should be in. And then it's always going to be the direct opposite of where you were without him. Or where you found yourself after you disobeyed him. He wants you back in the right position. In Ezekiel 18, he was, the Lord was talking to his people in 18 and 32. He said, I have no pleasure in the death of him that dieth, saith the Lord God. You know, one place it says it's not the Lord's will that any perish. It goes right along with this because uh, then the Lord said, Wherefore, since I, since I don't want to see you die, I don't want to see you give up. I don't want to see you surrender. I don't want to see you quit. I don't want to see you, you know, just fold your hands and stop. I want to see you keep going. He said, so uh, since you dying or quitting doesn't please me, turn. Turn back to me. Turn back to the things that are right and live. Live. Keep on living for God. Keep on preaching. Keep on praying. Keep on singing. Keep on reaching. Keep on testifying. Keep on praising Him in the good times and the bad times. Just keep on serving God. Just keep trusting the Lord. You know, Corey Ten Boom said something I read one time, and I know I may not quote it right, but she said, if you're on a train and it goes into a dark tunnel, she said, you don't throw your ticket away and jump off the train. She said, you trust the conductor. 
to get you through that tunnel, to get you through that darkness, to get you to, back into the light. And, and, and we don't throw uh, this walk away just because we find ourselves in a dark place because something uh, seemed like it fell apart just because, or maybe just because we made a mistake. I think one of the greatest signs of maturity in a saint of God is that when they make a mistake, they can own it, and then they can lift their hands up to God and say, God, forgive me for what I did, and pray like David. You know, David, after he sinned, where him and Bathsheba had gotten together, and he had Bathsheba's wife or husband killed, and, and the baby died as a result of all the things they did, and David, his prayer of repentance, he said, don't take your Holy Spirit from me. Don't cast me away from your presence. Create in me a clean heart and renew. Renew a right spirit. Something got wrong, so renew a right spirit within me. And David continued to be the king of Israel. He continued to dance before the Lord. And he continued to lift his voice and praise God. And he continued to serve and be a man after God's own heart because he said, even as bad and embarrassing and awful and shameful as this is, I don't want to be without God. And let me tell you, the people of God won't want you to be without God either. So many times we're worried, like Joshua was, what will people say about me now? They're going to say, hey, I hope you'll stick around. I hope you'll ask for forgiveness. I, 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 I'm not going to rub your nose in it I'm, I, because we all fall down sometime. It happens to the best of us. We all go through something. We trip. We stumble. We, you know, we, we, we wind up on our face, and sometimes we even wind up blaming God. And we need somebody that will stick with us and say, come on, I've seen what God can do in you. I've seen how God has blessed you. I've seen how God has touched you. I, I know what he brought you out of. I was there when you prayed through and spoke in other tongues. I was there when the joy lit up on your face. And don't let this little trial, this test, this little uh, bump in the road or, or whatever you want to call it, don't let this take you out. We all fall down at some point. It happens. I'm not advocating for it. I'd rather, you know, because as bad as it hurts in the natural to fall, it hurts bad when you fall and you walk with God. That's, that's, that's bad. It's, it's bad when you feel like you've been on a streak. You know, maybe that's the, the bad thing to do is, yeah, you know, at our job we used to have, we've had 1,058 days with no lost time accidents. You know, and that's, that's what we do with our walk with God. I've had 1,568 days without saying a cuss word. And then all of a sudden, somebody cuts you off in traffic, and you already had a bad day at work, and before you know it, beep, back to zero. You got to start counting. You, you, quit keeping score. Quit keeping score. And, uh, you know, it, because we're going to make mistakes. We're going to, our flesh is going to, hey, the spirit indeed is willing. But, buddy, that flesh is weak. And, they, and when you are in a place where it seems like everything's piling on, you, 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 you're just apt to make a bad decision. It'll happen. But, oh, you start thinking about how good God is. You start thinking about the promises of God. 
and you start thinking about heaven's coming one day, and you start thinking about where you don't want to end up, and, and is it really worth walking away over our pride or our ego or, or our uh, image? Is it really worth just walking away for, or should we just say, you know what? Man, there's plenty of other people that's in the book that I read every day that fell, that stumbled, that, that had messed up, and they got up and they kept going. So I'm just going to brush this dust off. I'm going to quit complaining and whining about it. I'm just going to own it and then say, Lord, pour your mercy out on me. You know, Jesus told, he said there were two men praying. And one, all he could talk about, I'm glad I ain't like this guy. Glad I ain't like him. But, oh, here's, here's my list, Lord. Here's what I do. And the other guy, he just said, God, have mercy on me, a sinner. Why is that so hard for us to do? You know, it's like we think that we became infallible once we came to God. But we didn't. And there's plenty of examples in here of people that we say, oh, I wish I could be like them. Oh, I wish I could be like David. Really? You want to kill a man? <laughs> oh, I wish I could be like Samson. Yeah. You know, there's, there's a lot of great examples in here, but uh, anybody you say, I'm going to uh, pattern myself after, well, if you are, then you're going to take the bad and with the good. Because, because guess you know what David was? Oh, he was flesh and blood. The Bible says he was a man after God's own heart. <laughs> he was a man. He had a heart for God. He wanted the things of God, and uh, but his flesh got him one day. Uh, you know, he, I mean, he did the, that thing. He numbered the people. He, he, he had, people died because of some things he did, lost their lives. It cost some things when he fell. But, God, that, that don't make me not want to be with you. Now, he didn't just say, so, you know, just give me a free pass, God. He repented and prayed and offered sacrifice and said, God, get me back into the right position when God spoke to Israel in their backsliding condition through the prophet Jeremiah, in Jeremiah chapter 3, three different times the Lord says, return to me. Return to me. Return to me. Get back to the position that I want you in. Get back to the place that I called you. The gifts and calling of God are without repentance. He, he, when he called you it's because of what he saw in you when he he, he he wasn't sorry that he made David king he saw what David could be but he knew just like his very first attempt at creating humans he knew that they could make mistakes <laughs> he knew they could fall and falter but could they repent that's what he's wanting. I know you can fall I know you can mess up and anybody can turn their back and walk off. He said, but can you say I'm sorry? I thought about that today. The gifts and calling of God are without repentance. And I thank God for that. But, you know, that's, that shows me the goodness of God. That God's so good that he will not take away from us those things just because we've made a mistake. And that should cause us to be repentant. 
So the, the, the goodness of God leads us to repentance and, and realizing that he doesn't just snatch things away from us or kick us out or, or, or prune us from the vine because we made a mistake. That should make me want to run to the altar and fall down on my face or drop my head and say, God, have mercy on me, a sinner. Forgive me for my faults. Cleanse me from my secret faults. Lord, just have mercy on me. Because we're all going to fall. God is not done with us when we fall. But he says, get up. Get up. Get up and, and do what I told you to do. Get up and get things right. And then and he said, and when you do that, he said, I'll be with you. I'm not going to leave you alone. And that's something we should know about God, that God's not just going to leave us alone. God, God is wondering, Joshua, what are you doing? Laying here crying and complaining instead of getting it right. Nothing is getting fixed like this. You can't fight anybody like this. You can't lead anybody like this. Get up and do what I called you to do. Be who I called you to be. I let you and Caleb, I let you guys live while everybody else perished so I could bring you into this place. Now do what I asked you to do. God is merciful, long-suffering, faithful, and he loves you. And he loves me. And he doesn't stop loving us just because we mess up. God, look, look, God wants you to get it right. And he don't want you to just look right. He wants you to be right. It's easy to look right. But it ain't always as easy to be right. But being right will help you look right. You can look right and be wrong. But friend, if you, but if you get it right, that's why he said, Lord, you desire truth in the inward parts. When you get it in the inward parts, it's going to show up on the outward parts, in your actions, the things you do. And, and, and my, so much part about uh, truth and salvation and the things that God gives us is remembering that we have an advocate with the Father. It's not, uh, it's once saved, always saved nonsense is, is killing people, man. They, they don't do anything when they make a mistake because they think, yeah, it's all covered. They don't repent. They don't say, I'm sorry. They don't do anything because it doesn't matter. That's what they think. But when we come to him and he washes us and cleanses us, he didn't just, all right, you're on your own from this point out. And when we realize that part of this new life and being a new creature is being able to live different now, and instead of running away when we fail, we run to him when we fail. We don't do like Adam and Eve and try to hide ourselves and cover up everything. We just come to him and say, here's what happened. I know you already know, but I'm going to confess it. I'm going to admit it. I'm going to confess my faults so that you'll forgive me of my faults. And that is that sign of maturity. And you don't ever have to hang your head to another saint because you repented to God after you started living for God. And any child of God that makes another child of God feel bad because they came and repented needs to repent right beside them. Come on now. If we really believe that we which are spiritual, when we see our brothers overtaken in a fault, 
It doesn't say you which are spiritual should make them feel bad because you're spiritual in it. No, if we are spiritual, the only spirit I want is from him. And the spirit that comes from the fruit of that spirit is going to be love and mercy and long-suffering. Come on. Uh, if, I, if I'm spiritual, then it's because of God. And I'm not going to condemn them. I'm not going to convict them. I'm not going to uh, judge them and kick them out. I'm going to show them love and compassion and mercy. I'm going to try to help them. I'm going to try to lift them up. I'm going to try to put them back in the right place. I'm going to use that ministry of reconciliation to try to get somebody back into divine favor with God. The Bible says have compassion on some, making a difference. And when you see your brother or sister, that, that just they've been doing so good, and you see them wailing and crying in the altar, and they're, they're tore up because they made a terrible mistake, man, don't shun them. Oh, I don't want that to jump off on me. <laughs> it ain't going to jump off on you. But, 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 man, they already feel like they've blown it and messed it up. Do you want them to feel isolated and alone now? Because they simply did what we've all done. Made a mistake. Messed up. Said something. Done something. <laughs> Come on, somebody. I'm telling you, this, uh, we will isolate ourselves without the love of God. If we can't show the love of God, then people that are hurting are not going to come to us. Uh, they, they, they're not going to come because that's what they think about the church already. We've got to show something different. We've got, we've got to show the real love of God. I'm not talking about condoning things. Jesus himself would tell sinners, he said, go your way and sin no more. I'm not talking about condoning what they did. But he didn't turn his back on that woman they threw down at his feet. They were fixing to stone her. He didn't say, mm, none of my business. But he said, Let's, let me give you a word that'll, that'll really get you. You without sin cast the first stone. Or in other words, you that have never fallen See, we've all fallen. And we've, we've got no reason to be holding rocks in our hand. We've got no reason to, to be stoning people. But it, we, we need to be hands of mercy and hands of love and hands of grace. And, and we need to realize that if, if God is like that with us, that's why be kind, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God has forgiven you. you know, we, we need to remember how God deal, dealt with us in our sin and in our mistakes. You know, that, that's it. We, it. It ain't a one-time deal. I, I, I wish I knew how many times I said, God, I, I pray every day, God, forgive me. Wait a minute, you're the pastor. You, 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 pastors ain't supposed to be asking for forgiveness. <laughs> well, well, if you find a pastor that don't need forgiveness, that, that, that's, that's a, um, a rarity. That's a... Because uh, if you think pastors don't fight, and if you think ministers don't fight, and if you think uh, you know teachers and and prophets and apostles and all these evangelists and missionaries, you think they don't ever have a problem or fight or a fault? Flesh and blood doesn't doesn't stop who I am. Doesn't stop what God called me to. Doesn't mean that it's diminished in any capacity. He called me knowing that I was. Fallible flesh. Oh, I write unto you, the, 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 the writer said, I write unto you that you sin not. Oh, it'd, be, it'd be great 
And hey, you know what? You might make it through a day without thinking something wrong. You might. You might make it through a day without listening to something or looking at something or saying something or thinking something. Come on. You say, oh, my goodness. Yeah. Yeah, that's why you pr- die daily. <laughs> die daily. Forgive me, God. That's what, when Jesus, he, he told his disciples how to pray. He didn't say, well, you know, on, on them good days, you can leave this part out. No, he said, well, you pray and forgive me my trespasses as I forgive those who trespass against me. He, that's part of the prayer. You don't get to, oh, I did good today. I'll just leave that part out. And then the trumpet sounds, and you're still laying in the bed. <laughs> That took a turn, didn't it? That got serious real quick. Wow, what? Where'd my husband, my wife go? Ooh. Hey, I'm telling you, look, we all fall down. And, and again, nobody likes it. You know, if you were with your friends, you're all out at the mall or I don't know what you do now when you're young, uh, but whatever you, where, wherever y'all go, whatever you do, and you're all hanging around laughing, goofing off, and you trip and fall and spill your latte all over you. And, you know, you're going to be in bed. Oh, you're going to laugh. Because you, you go, ah, that's funny. Oh, but you're dying inside. And nobody better not post this. And nobody, I better not see this on reels in a little while or something, you know. And, uh, and you, you, you always try to shake it off. But when you are by yourself, you're going to be like, oh, I am a klutz. I'm a dummy I'm an idiot I can't believe that happened and and you know it probably was right in front of the guy or girl you're trying to impress and you know it's going to be the worst it can be and you're like but you know it happens and so you know nobody likes it but we all fall let's just don't quit let's remove quitting why do we always associate quitting with falling? Let's, let's, let's just separate those two right now. Let's, let's, you know, instead, falling, it should be connected with repentance. It should be connected with mercy and forgiveness and endurance and determination and, and things like that. Instead of quitting, surrendering, complaining, whining. You know, man, just sweep all that stuff out. Get rid of that garbage and realize that, man, I am a child of the king. And greater is he that's in me than he that's in this world. And I'm going to take some shots in this world, but I'm going to keep going. I'm going to keep serving. When it's all said and done, when I get there, I'm going to hear him say, well done good and faithful servant, but I can promise you on the road to hearing well done, the, if you turn around and look back, if you look in the rearview mirror, it's going to be, the road is going to be just littered with mistakes and messes and tribulations and trials. It's, you're going to see the, all the, the mess that you came through to get to that street of gold. You're going to realize that, man, I, I went through some things. Uh, I, Paul said, I, when I finished my course, he said, I fought a good fight. And I kept this faith because something was always trying to steal my faith in God and my faith in the call that he put on my life. But I kept the faith. 
I held fast to the things that were committed unto me, even when I fell. Paul would often, you know, say in his letters, he would, he would belittle himself, chief of sinners, least of the apostles. Oh, no good thing dwells in my flesh, and uh, the bad I, I, that I don't want to do, I end up doing, trying to find the good. I can't figure out how to do the good things I want to do. I, I'm, I fight, but I don't quit. I fight, I fall, I struggle, but I don't stop. I'm going to make it all the way home. Quitting is not in our vocabulary. We've got to make it all the way. Look at the condition. The Bible tells us to consider, and we look unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, and consider him who endured that great, such contradiction. And so I want you to think about the shape that his body was in. When he said, it is finished. His body, he, uh, to use his words, it was, his temple was destroyed. His body was mangled. He suffered, he hurt, but he said, but I didn't quit. I could have called angels and stopped this, but then how could the scripture be fulfilled? And how will we ever fulfill the plan that God has for us if we call it off. You can't call it off. You've got to stick with it. You've got to hang in there. So God gives you a word. Get up. What a word for Joshua. Hey Joshua, get up. Because if you can get up, you can get back in the fight. If you can get up, you can get back in my service. If you can just get up, you can be victorious. Micah chapter 7 Verses 7 through 10, y'all know these, you quote them. Listen to what the prophet said. Therefore, I will look unto the Lord. I will wait for the God of my salvation. My God will hear me. Rejoice not against me, O my enemy. When I fall, I shall arise. <laughs> When you are looking at Jesus, the author and finisher of your faith, when you are looking at God and waiting on God and trusting in God and knowing that God hears you, when you fall, you shall arise. It's not, it's not a question. He said, when God is on my mind, when I trust in the God of my salvation, when I fall, it's not I might arise, I could arise, I shall arise. I won't stay there because God doesn't intend for me to stay there. He said, even when I sit in darkness, the Lord shall be a light unto me. When we look to God, we have strong confidence that we won't stay down but rise up. It's going to change our view of things. Our position will change. We're going to be viewed differently. Hey, I fell. But I'm not fallen. I fail, but I'm not forsaken. I fail, but I got up and I'm going to be victorious. He said, When I sit in the dark, the Lord is, is going to be a light unto me. The Bible says that His word is light and a lamp. Let me tell you, God's got a word for you. Get up, keep going, keep believing. 
just trust me. Come on. God's always got a word for you in the middle of that place. It might be hold on, hang on, or whatever, but God's going to always have a word that will get you out of where you are. And he gave Joshua a word, get up. That will get you off your face. That will get you into another place. Get up. And so he said, I will bear the indignation of the Lord. Listen, he, own it. He said, because I have sinned against him. Until he plead my cause and execute judgment for me, he will bring me forth to the light, and I shall behold his righteousness. And then she that is my enemy shall see it, and shame shall cover her which said unto me, Where is the Lord your God? My eye shall behold her. Now shall she be trodden down as mire of the streets. He's saying my testimony is going to put the enemy to shame. Because they're going to see what God can do. They're going to see what God can do with somebody who don't give up. They might have tripped me up. They might, that's why I rejoice not against me, oh, my enemy. You might have knocked me down. I might have hit the ground. And, and you, you, you've accused me of a lot of things. But I trust God. I trust in his mercy. I trust in his love. I trust in his blood. I trust in the spirit that he put in me. And I'm going to get back up. And you're going to see what God can do. With a life that's been beat up and, and stepped on. You're going to see how God can restore and renew and revive and use those things that have been thrown away. Oh, people want to put me out, but, but God can still use me. And he said, my enemy is going to be like, so where's your God? Well, you're going to see where my God is. And then in verse 18, he said, who is a God like unto thee? Listen to what he does. He pardons iniquity. He passes by the transgression of the remnant of his heritage. He retains not his anger forever because he delights in mercy. He delights in mercy. The Bible says his mercy is new every morning. His mercy endures forever. I think about that, that, that message a while back about the rope or the rooster. And I think about, uh, and you, I, I, I'm not going to preach that whole message, but man, it just, so many times I used to think, every time I'd read about that rooster crowing, I used to always think, as that rooster telling on Peter. Yep, reminding Peter of how bad he messed up because the Lord said before the rooster crows, uh, you know, you're going to deny me three times. And so when that rooster crowed, it was just a reminder of the wrong. I said, and then just the Lord said, but when's a rooster crow? When the sun's coming up, a rooster will crow, you know, when it's a new day. And he said, and what's the Bible say about my mercy? That it's new every morning. The rooster wasn't there to condemn Peter. He was there to remind him, don't quit, buddy. <laughs> hey, he let a donkey save a man from being destroyed. And maybe he let that rooster remind Peter, his mercy is new every morning. I know you denied him. I know you got mad and you was cussing and denying him, saying, I don't know the man. But the rooster just cried out, reminded you, God's mercy is new every morning. We all fall down sometimes, Peter. We all make mistakes sometimes. And, and I think Peter went out and wept because he was so upset over what he did. But maybe it was because he was weeping because he was remembering that God's not done with me. This was awful. 
but God's not done with me. His mercy is new every morning. The Lord told me he was praying for me that my faith wouldn't fail, and, and I still believe in him. That's why you'll find Peter still preaching on the day of Pentecost. That's why it wasn't somebody else stepping in those shoes. The keys wasn't passed off to anybody else because the rooster reminded Peter, God's mercy is new every morning. It is because of his mercies that we are not consumed. Mm, praise God. Because God delights in mercy. There ain't nothing. You know, if, when you delight in something, you, you're going to, as, as often as you can, you're going to do it. And so as often as we will let him, God's going to pour that mercy out. As often as we'll let him, he, we're going to receive mercy from him because he delights in mercy. Oh, he, he, he doesn't like sin, and he doesn't like us to make mistakes, but he knows I'm sure there ain't nothing that pleases him more than to see us turn around and reach for him. As a child, when we would... Uh, be walking with our parents, learning to walk, we would fall, and immediately we would turn and reach for our, our mom and dad. They, they would scoop us up and love on us and tell us it's going to be all right, and, and you know, just, you, you, you're okay, you'll, you'll get it, and then they'd put you back down, let you walk a little farther, and, you know, you might fall and scrape your knees, it would be painful, it would hurt it, you know, but eventually you learn. But it wasn't always a comfort as a child, to feel that parent's hand or to, uh, to, to feel them scoop you up and, and, and pat you on the back and rub you on the head and, you know, just, it's going to be all right. Just, you, then you realize, okay, I, I can do this. I can do this. You, you didn't stop walking because you fell. You might have been a little timid about getting back down again, but, but you realize, I see all these grown-ups walking and other kids walking. I want to do that too. You think they never fail? Everyone in this room that can walk, even on crutches, every one of us that, that, that can walk, fail at some time in our life. But you see us walking now. Uh, I, I've, I've fallen uh, just and, and hate it. But I didn't say, well, I said, I'm done with, I'm done with walking. Forget it. <laughs> what is that? I was I was out there running with my dog in the yard a few weeks ago, and the grass was wet, and I tried to stop. Feet slid out from under. I hit the ground, <sighs> laid there. My, <laughs> the ground was wet. I was then I was wet all the way down one side of my body, and I was just like, but I'm not still there. You don't stay where you fall. You get up and go again. I'm, I'm about to wind up, honey. Come on to the music. I'll bring this in for a landing. In Psalm 37 and 23, why don't you stand with me tonight? The psalmist said, The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord, and he delighteth in his way. That's all right. That's good stuff. A God-ordered walk. Steps to take. You know, sometimes, you know, we, we always talk about people falling down steps. You ever fell up the steps? Sometimes on the way up, you, you get in such a hurry and you fall up the steps. 
But if if you're going up the steps to your house, you don't be like, well, fine, I, I'm just going to quit right here. Oh, you get up and you're going up the steps. You keep going. So he said, the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. God ordered these steps and he delighted in his way. Though he fall, you can fall in the steps that were ordered by God. God knows it. So then he adds this provision. He shall not be utterly cast down, for the Lord upholdeth him with his hand. So I don't have to stay down. We were not designed to stay down. There is a promise when and where I fall. A hand to hold me up. Joshua fell down in the promised land. I fall down in the promise of His Word. But I get back up. The Bible says, when Peter was preaching about the Holy Ghost, he said, for the promise is unto you and to your children all the far off. And so we've received that promise. And, and guess what? The Holy Ghost can keep you from falling if you're listening to it. But on them days that you're not, you fall. But you don't have to stay down. Get back up. The promise that God gives is greater than your problem. It's greater. And falling is not final. So don't stay down. Wherever you find yourself tonight, maybe you feel like you got busted knees and skin up palms from falling all over the place, but are you still going? Look where you are tonight. Instead of being somewhere else, you, you came to church anyway. Instead of turning your back and quitting, you came on to the house of the Lord. So let's get it right. Let's, let's, let's get a word from God. Get up, get going, get it right. Amen? While she's playing the music tonight, I'm going to open the altar. And maybe you want to come and pray and ask God, hey, God have mercy on me. God, get me back up. Get me walking straight again. Get me where I need to go. Let's come spend some time talking to the master tonight. God bless you.